0: Hey, it's good to see you today. Thank you for joining us for our journey through Scripture, our Tuesday edition. Hope that you had a, a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and uh, and and had time to reflect on all of those who have given their their lives, paid that ultimate uh, price, uh, so that that we could be free, so that you could be listening to a podcast right now. Um, it, those are it's so important that we never never forget that, and that we do take time to remember and to be grateful um, for for those who have sacrificed. Sacrifice so much uh, for us. But uh, today we continue uh, going through our, our journey through scripture. Uh, We're uh, right in the middle, or, or actually getting close to the end of the northern kingdom, uh, the, the kingdom of Israel. Um, you know, then you have the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. We've been going back and forth talking about what's going on uh, kind of uh, at the same time. Um, Israel had made, uh, the northern kingdom had made some alliances with Syria. Um, they had uh, come in and, and done a, a lot of damage uh, to the southern kingdom. Uh, but today we're going to get to the point where we, we see uh, basically the end of the northern kingdom. Um, so today we're going to read in second chronicles uh, chapters 27 and 28 in isaiah chapters 28 and 29 and second kings chapter 17. all right so all of these again it, it it's not easy to do this in chronological order you you do kind of s- jump around but hopefully we're getting a a big big picture and not you know every time that you start a new book that you have to reset uh you know the the stage we're trying to go in in a, a relatively uh accurate chronological order so second chronicles 27 and 28. Um, Chronicles always is always, remember, focusing more on the southern kingdom than the northern kingdom. Um, so this talks about, uh, Jotham. Uh, we talked about King Uzziah, who he was the king when Isaiah, um, uh, began to prophesy in, in Judah. Remember, he was a, a good king until the end and, and he tried to overstep and tried to Take on some of the priestly duties. Um, so now his son Jotham uh, reigns uh, uh, in Judah, and it says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Although he didn't enter the temple of the Lord, <laughs> but still the people acted corruptly. All right. So what what has been happening as the the leadership has becoming. A, Less and less faithful to God, right? That's what Uzziah, you saw that in his, his reign. We've certainly seen it in the Northern Kingdom. Uh, but that leadership has now led to even whenever there's a good leader, Jotham, the people are now acting corruptly as well. So, so the, the whole society is beginning this move away from God. Jotham did a lot of th- uh, good things. He uh, uh, had some military victories. He also built uh, some uh, cities. It says in uh, verse 6, So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. All right? So that's why he had success. Um, and then, of course, he passes away, and then his son, Ahaz, uh, comes on the scene. We've talked about Ahaz before. Ahaz is um, probably the worst king in the, the southern kingdom, uh, ex- especially to, to this point, um, says in uh, chapter 28 of Second Chronicles, uh, right there at the beginning, says he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his father David had done, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molded image uh, for the Baals. He burned incense in the valley of Hinnom. He he burned his children in the fire uh, according to the abomination of of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. And he sacrificed and burned incense on high places on the hills and under every green tree. So basically, this is a guy King Ahaz who is just going to follow all the gods. He's going to treat the one true God as just one of many. Um, And this, of course, is going to lead to uh, major consequences. What we have is we have uh, the northern kingdom has made an alliance with Syria um, uh, to protect themselves against Assyria and others. Uh, They actually attack Judah as well. Uh, Starting in verse 5, it talks about that in chapter uh, 28, that uh, therefore the Lord is God delivered him into the hands of the king of Syria. Right. Um, and and then uh, verse eight, and the children of Israel carried away captives of their brethren, uh, 200,000 women, sons and daughters, and they took away much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. Right, so the the northern kingdom, this is a civil war, invaded the southern kingdom with the help of Syria. Uh, and then the northern kingdom was taking back people from the southern kingdom to be their slaves. Um and, and but you have a prophet uh uh named Oded who had some pretty strong warnings uh, to for uh, the northern kingdom. Uh, he said, "...look, because the Lord your God of your fathers was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand. But you have killed them with a rage that reaches up to heaven, and now you propose to force the children of Judah and Jerusalem to be your male and female slaves." But are you not also guilty before the Lord your God? Now hear me, therefore, and return the captives whom you have taken captive from your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. So the, this prophet is like, hey, God allowed this to happen to Judah because of of King Ahaz and, and what, what is happening there, but you're just as guilty, um, and you are making this way worse, and this went uh, uh, completely against some of the laws that we see in Leviticus um, of, of of taking captives and things like that, and so Obed, o- 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 Oded reminds them of that, and so they actually do not take all the people. They leave them in Jericho, um, but the damage is definitely already done. Uh, during this time, you have uh, the king of Judah Ahaz, who had been trying to get uh, develop a secret alliance with Assyria, but Assyria doesn't come and help, um, and so King Ahaz is you know basically worthless. It says, "For the Lord brought Judah low because of Ahaz, king of Israel." This is uh, verse nineteen of chapter twenty-eight. Uh, For he had encouraged moral decline in Judah and he had been continually unfaithful to the Lord. Isn't that interesting? That he encouraged moral decline. Um, there's, you know, especially as a as a leader, um, in God's eyes, you know, there, there are leaders who did immoral things. David did immoral things, right? Um, but he repented, um, and he did not encourage the people to do immoral things. And that's, you know... <laughs> We we don't necessarily like this because again this has some nuance to it. There there is a difference. Like if David uh, would have been out encouraging people to hey go commit adultery, it's no big deal. That is way worse than David making a huge mistake and committing that sin, but then conveying the truth, conveying that no this is not something that you should do, right. Um, I always kind of a practical level, bringing it to modern day. There are some people who will will say, well, I can't expect my kids not to uh, get drunk when they're, you know, 16 years old because I did the same thing. OK, that that's a, that's stupid rationale. You shouldn't encourage immoral behavior, right? Uh, Even if you have participated in it. So what King Ahaz is doing, not only is he immoral, but he's encouraging immoral behavior. Um, And and we see that. And of course, he was continually unfaithful to the Lord and following other gods. Uh, This is an interesting verse in a chapter or verse 22 of chapter 28, it says, now in the time of his distress, right? So that, that's when you know truly where someone's integrity r- really lies, right? In, in his time of distress, King Ahaz became increasingly unfaithful to the Lord. So you, a lot of times people have two directions that they can go when when difficulty and challenges uh, start bringing stress in our life, you're either going to run to the Lord or you're going to harden your heart towards the Lord. Um, that is usually what happens. And it's important for us, for, for all of us to think about that because the difficult days are coming um, and they may already be here for you. And so the choice that you have to make is are you going to go towards the Lord or are you going to harden your heart towards him. And your emotions may tell you to harden your heart, right? It may you may feel like, you know, I, I want to be angry with the Lord. I want to blame the Lord for all of this. Because maybe it's it's things that you can't explain and things that are out of your control. And so it becomes easier just to blame the Lord. Um but that that will only lead to more distress in your life. It is in those times where we don't understand, where we um uh, where we struggle the most that we need to be turning towards the Lord. Ahaz, as the distress increased, his distance from God also increased. It says, um, uh, for he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, so he continued to, to worship other gods. Because the gods of Syria helped them, I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. Right? So he sees, oh, maybe the gods of, because Syria uh, uh, had this victory over him, he was like, well, maybe I'll just go use their gods. We need to be careful with that. Just because we see something in society that uh, that seems to work, if it is immoral and if it goes against the uh, the ideas and the precepts of God, we 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 can't go along with that. We have to choose to follow God and to follow His commandments. Um, as you uh, continue, um, it gets this is kind of interesting at the very end, uh, verse twenty-seven. Um, King Ahaz dies. They buried him in the city. In Jerusalem, but this is interesting, but they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. Um, so they, uh, they recognize how bad this king was and he was not, uh, honored with the other, uh, in the same manner as the other kings. Um, then, uh, we get to Isaiah 28 and 29. I encourage you to read through there. What's, what this is, is it's talking about the fall of the northern kingdom. And then Isaiah is is referencing that, and then he is uh, turning that as a warning to Judah. So all of this is is, is kind of happening at the, the same time. Israel has had this victory over Ahaz, but now Israel is about to be completely overrun and taken. And and we'll read about that here in Second Kings seventeen, but but uh, t- Isaiah twenty eight and twenty nine. Uh, twenty eight starts off. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards drunkards of Ephraim, that's the northern kingdom, uh, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower. Um, it says, the crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, will be trampled underfoot. Uh, verse 7 says, but they... Uh, they also have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink or out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment for all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Now, this isn't saying that they were just all alcoholics. It's using that as an example of of just how disoriented they are uh, that they are clearly not following God that their their vision is blurry and um, they are not making good decisions and uh, uh, v- verse 14 says therefore hear the word of the Lord you scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem because you have said we have made a covenant with death uh, and with Sheol we are in gr- agreement so that that's the the switch so Isaiah's acknowledging what happened in the northern kingdom that they have just become drunk on their own power and they are being trampled underfoot um and he's saying now pay attention you leaders in Jerusalem you don't want that to happen to you um and then in uh, verse 16 it says uh, therefore thus says the lord god behold i lay in zion a stone for a foundation a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteous the plumb line. And, and the hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding place. Your covenant will, uh, with death will be annulled and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. So Isaiah is speci- speaking directly to the decisions that the leaders in the in Judah, the southern kingdom are making and saying God is, is preparing a foundation, uh, but you are going to pay uh for for making a deal w- with with those who are not godly. Um and it, it continues to to go on there kind of this uh, warning uh listen the importance of listening to the teaching of God there at the end of chapter twenty eight uh then chapter twenty nine of Isaiah um is kind of a woe to Jerusalem um you know encouraging them to wake up but uh, i thought this was interesting verse 9 says Pause and wonder, blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with intoxicating drink. For the Lord has poured out on you the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, namely the prophets, and he has covered your heads, namely the seers. Right, so the people have become blinded. They've allowed themselves to be blinded to the truth of God. And the, 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 the ones that are responsible for uh, teaching the word of the Lord have become blinded as well. It says, uh, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their f- fear towards me is taught by the commandment of men. Therefore, behold, I will again do a m- marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be h- hidden. Woe to those who seek deep to hide their counsel far from the Lord and their works are in the dark. They say, who sees us and who knows us? All right. So again, this warning to the people that they, they better start turning back, but that they, Isaiah is already indicating they have chosen blindness rather than to see and to pay attention to what the Lord has, has uh, called them to. Um, and the, the end of chapter 29 is that there's always the reminder, uh, that things will be made right. Uh, verse 17, it is not yet a very little while till Lebanon shall be turned to a fruitful field and the fruitful field be esteemed as a forest in that day. The deaf shall hear the words of the book. The eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice. Right. So, so there's always this look forward that, Hey, we are going to make it through this. God is going to remain faithful, but you know what? You're going to have to pay for your blindness. You're going to have to pay for not paying attention, uh, to, to what the Lord has said. Now 2 Kings 17 uh really talks about the the end of the uh, kingdom of of Israel. Um you, you have the very first part of uh, 2 Kings 17. Um you have uh Hosea who becomes king of Israel. Um again he he tries to kind of play both sides, tries to make some political deals, and then the king of Assyria realizes what he's doing, and Assyria comes in and wipes out the northern kingdom. This is in about 722. It it takes some time. Um, but, but by 722 BC, the Northern kingdom is basically, um, annihilated says, uh, in the ninth year of Hosea King, uh, Hosea, the King of, uh, the King of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away to Assyria. Um, and, uh, then if you continue reading there in 17, it talks about why, why, you know, reiterates because they had feared other gods. They had walked in the statutes of the nation with whom the Lord uh, had cast out from before the children of Israel, right? Uh, it's uh, verse 11. There they burned incense on all the high places with the, the, like the nations whom the Lord had carried away before him. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger for they served idols of which the Lord had said to them, you shall not do this thing. Um, "'Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah "'through all his prophets and seers, saying, "'Turn from your evil way.'" Keep my commandments and my statutes according to the law, which I commanded your fathers, and I sent you by my servants and the prophets. Nevertheless, they would not hear it, but they stiffened their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. Um, Therefore the Lord, this is uh, verse 18, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel, removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Um, so, again, the stiffening of the neck, um, refusing to follow and to to believe in what God has called us to believe, and following His commands, uh, choosing to go your own way. Um, then it uh, talks about uh, Assyria resettling Samaria. It's kind of interesting. There's a, a place a, Lots of different people go back into Samaria, um, into the Northern kingdom. They bring all of their gods, um, some are attacked by lions. So they actually go, uh, okay, wait, maybe we need to have some fear of the Lord. Uh, so they bring in a priest, um, to teach them about, uh, the, the God of the Bible, right? Because they didn't have a problem believing in multiple gods. So they're like, Hey, we need to make sure we at least keep some fear of this God, um, and and I, I thought it was interesting in verse thirty-three it says, They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods, according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. So they all served their own gods, but then they kind of had this fear of the the one true God, because they like, eh, there's something with this. But then as time goes on, verse thirty-four, to this day they continue practicing former rituals. They do not fear the Lord nor do they follow their statutes or ordinances or law or command, which the Lord has uh, commanded the children of Jacob. Uh, And I think this is an important point, that the more you split your allegiance, the more that you worship more than just the one true God, eventually you are going to move away from seeing him as the one true God, right? You're going to you're going to kind of hmm, look at him just as you look at other things in society. That he's just a, one important thing of a lot of important things in your life, right? Is God the most important? Is he who you fear? Is he who you live by? Or have you just put him as one of the important things in your life? Um, it's it's very important that we fear the Lord that we worship him and him alone and that we do not allow political ideologies we do not allow worldly ideologies we do not allow our jobs or our families or anything like that to to reach the level of uh, of the one true god um and that that is So important. And you see what happened to the nation of Israel as they continued year after year after year to move further and further from God, that they did not fear him, that they began worshiping other gods. And eventually they experienced disaster. Um, and really you never, you don't, this, this is the end of the, of the northern kingdom. Um, the Southern kingdom, Judah, we will be talking about now as we move forward, uh, they hang in there for a little bit longer, but unfortunately they are on the same path. All right. So on Thursday, uh, I encourage you to read second Kings 18, um, also Isaiah 10 through 12, and then we're going to throw in some Proverbs. We, we got through most of Proverbs, but Proverbs 25 through 29 right? Proverbs 25 through 29, because the people clearly are not being wise and, and following God. All right, so we'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for joining us.